I'm only going to take five minutes, I promise. Well, I shouldn't promise five minutes. Less than ten. Depends how, how long I get, but I won't go long. So, because I've been telling everybody that I was going to talk about Chile in the Bible. And so um, people have been asking me where it's from. And so, so this is a little story about Chile. And then we'll, we'll make a little point uh, about that. And, and, and that'll be good. And by then they should have everything tabulated. And I'll tell you who won. And we'll give out the prizes. So this is uh, it, it, back in Genesis chapter 25. Beginning in verse 27. And it's about um, Esau and uh, Jacob. And Esau and Jacob were twins. And um, Esau was born first, and Jacob was born second, and, and so that makes a difference in, the, in their standing in the family back then, and this interesting thing happens. So this is verse 27. The boys grew up, it says, and Esau became a skillful hunter, a man of the open country, while Jacob was a quiet man staying among the tents. Isaac, that's their father, who had a taste for wild game, loved Esau, but Rebecca loved Jacob. So the parents had favorites, which, you know, you always tell your kids you don't have, but everybody does. And then... Uh, that was a joke. It's okay. <laughs> Once, when Jacob was cooking some stew, Esau came in from the open country famished. And he said to Jacob, Quick, let me have some of that red stew. You catching it yet? I'm famished. It's okay, wait. This is why uh, he was also called Edom. And, and Jacob replied, First, sell me your birthright. Look, I'm about to die, Esau said. What good is this birthright to me? But Jacob said, Swear to me first. So he swore an oath to him, selling his birthright to Jacob's. Then Jacob gave Esau some bread and some lentil stew. And he ate and drank, and he got up and left. And so Esau despised his birthright. That lentil stew, that red lentil stew, that's chili. And uh, <laughs> it's absolutely chili. There it is. So what you had tonight, of course most of the chili we had tonight, probably a lot of it had some meat in it, and some might have had some tofu in it, and uh, I saw, and some, actually one of those chilies had iguana in it, I don't know if you noticed that, so uh, I'm not telling you which now, but there was a sign on it that said iguana, but it, but it might have been good, so um, I didn't get a chance, I was back there serving, so that's cool, and uh, we're good, huh? No, I got it, so anyway... Um, that was where the chili came from. So here's the deal, that, and what, you, what I want you to see in that story. So Esau was the firstborn son of Isaac. And, and because of that, um, that was a big deal in the Hebrew culture. Um, and, and so he, what he had was, he had the right of the birthright. And we may not understand that quite as much in, in the way that we do things. But back in that time and in that day, the birthright, uh, what it did was it ensured that the firstborn child had authority in the family second only to the father. Uh, it, would, it would ensure that the firstborn would succeed his father as the head of the family. Uh, it would mean honor throughout generations for the firstborn son. Uh, and so it not only meant authority, but it also ensured a double portion as an inheritance for the firstborn son. So the birthright was a, was a big deal. Uh, and, and Esau, it was Esau's birthright. Now we know this about Esau, that he was a hunter. A skillful hunter, uh, a, a bowman, and uh, apparently he was, he was a very, the Bible says he was successful at it. However, uh, has any, anybody here ever go hunting? And so, have you ever been hunting and not gotten anything? It doesn't mean you're not a good hunter, it just means sometimes animals don't cooperate in the whole process, right? And so there's a difference between hunting and harvesting, just like there's a, uh, there's a difference between, but if you've never been hunting, maybe you've been fishing. You ever go out fishing and not catch anything? 
So that, that's so. So, you know, it's kind of sometimes we go out fishing and not catching. That happens. Well, sometimes they went out hunting and didn't get anything. And this happened uh, on this particular day. Esau, even though he was very skillful, he'd been out hunting and he didn't get any um, food. Uh, he never got anything. And, and so uh, he, he came back. Um, two things, really. He was exhausted and he was hungry. And so either he had been hunting for long enough that he didn't have any food to eat, or maybe, you know, he didn't want to uh, light a fire and some cook some food and scare the game away. So what we know is when he returned from this particular hunt that he was, he was hungry and tired, famished, some of the translations say. So that's the situation. I was reading that, and I was thinking about, this is going to be for people my age uh, and older, but um, th- there used to be a cartoon uh, that, that I used to watch. Uh, it was about Popeye. Anybody here ever see the Popeye cartoons? Do you remember a character named Wimpy? <laughs> remember what he used to say all the time? I gladly pay you Tuesday for a hamburger today. Some of you are right with me. Well, that's kind of the situation that's going on here. And, and Esau is so hungry that uh, he, he just so desperately wanted a bowl of chili that he, he just figured nothing else really mattered. That was the most important thing at the moment. And, and so he trades this amazing thing that he has, his birthright, for, for a bowl of chili and a piece of bread that's going on. Now, it was a significant choice because that choice changed the direction of Esau's life for the rest of his life. Uh, and it also changed things for uh, Jacob as well. Now, what I want to say about all of that is the same is true for all of us when we make choices. And that we make lots of choices every day. And and some of those choices actually significantly impact the course of your life. And so we need to think about the choices that we make, especially if we're hungry, tired, angry. Anybody ever make bad choices when you're angry? frustrated, you know how that can happen, those sort of things, any of those things, when you're feeling any of those things, you need to be very, very careful about the choices you make, because some of the choices you make can impact you forever. A lot of people have been impacted forever by impulse choices that just weren't good choices at the time. Sometimes choices they wouldn't even make. Like I said, sometimes like if you're really frustrated sometimes, you might do something silly. Um, and, and it happens. I, when I'm here, I talk a lot about my, my own driving uh, abilities and uh, how for years I've been working on this. If you've come, you've heard me say this, but I have this particular problem where, where lanes merge into one, two lanes merge into one, especially if everybody knows about it, if it's been there a very long time. And, and, I, I, and so uh, for me, I always want to get into the the appropriate lane in plenty of time, so it's a non-issue. But then at some point, if I'm not careful, I start to judge everybody else who's not doing that. Uh, to the point where I've gotten silly at times. I, and you know, I, I'm, I have to say I've made some improvement. So, and really I've seen some improvement over the last couple of weeks. No, no, like it. Because it always used to be, it would be down in, in Key West where it would get me um, coming out of Key West, you know, when you're going to go left to come back, and there's, there's, a, there's a lane that's there, and there's, there's a group of people, and if, if this is one of you, bless your heart, but, but um, who refuse to get over in that lane and wait in line, and who just think it's their right to just scoot up when they can, and they're going to cut in no matter what, and, and have you ever been one of the people who wants to teach them a lesson? I've... <laughs> And you find yourself in any of those jams where you're, where you're so close to the person in front of you that you've lost your mind about staying there. 
You know what I'm talking about? That's stupid because all sorts of bad things could happen at that point. And for what? It doesn't make any difference. You know, the reality is those things don't make a difference. So I always always used to be in Key West. Now it's on Big Pine too because they made a merge lane and, and they did it backwards. So the people in the left lane have to merge in the right lane, which makes right lane people feel more superior than they should. And uh, <laughs> all right, you're on the same page. So here's, here's uh, I say all that to say this real quickly. One of the things that we talk about here all the time at the vineyard, and, and all the vineyard folks are going to know it as soon as I can say it, but we're, we're supposed to be, uh, we, we always encourage people to live by trying to do, what am I about to say? The next right thing. See, that's very, very helpful advice. And, and we encourage everybody to do that. Uh, and it starts to change things if you start living that way. Just, just really deciding that you're going to try and do the next right thing. And, and when you're feeling yourself tempted to not do the next right thing, you try and pull back before you make the decision to do something that you'll regret. Now, the next right thing, it's not always the easy thing. It's not always the expedient thing. It's not always the thing that everybody else is doing and getting away with. Uh, it's the absolute next right thing, whatever that looks like. And, and many times, uh, and most of the times, and especially those of you that are being led by the Holy Spirit uh, in relationship with, with Jesus, you know what the next right thing is. Now, that doesn't mean you might not choose, you, you may choose to not do that sometime, but that, you know, I found over time it's always best to, to really try to do the next right thing. If we mess up and don't, you know, we have an advocate with the Father, we go and ask for forgiveness and all those things. But, but to me, this is really sort of taps into doing the will of God in our lives. People often ask me, well, how would I know the will of God for my, for my life? And, and I, what I generally try and tell them is, you know, in the Bible... The Bible is more about doing the will of God than knowing the will of God. The psalmist even says in Psalm 143.10, Teach me to do your will, for you're my God, and may your good spirit lead me on level ground. And so, so the reality is, um, the, better, the better thing, Lord, is just help me to do your will. And that the way that I think that we experience that is doing that next right thing, and then doing the next right thing, and then doing the next right thing. And that, that if we can do that, it really begins to change the way that we live. And, and those things that are tending to steal life away from us that don't matter, they start to slip away a little bit. And, and you, you start to find yourself in a much better place, a much more relaxed sort of place and less stressed out and worried about things that you really don't need to worry about. And, and in your own life, you just keep trying to do the next right thing. So, so that's what I got from a bowl of chili. And uh, that might be a big stretch for you, but it wasn't for me.